0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the OrcoCast. My name is the Soros and in this podcast, I'm talking to indie game developers about their games and the video game industry in general. So if you like my show, then please consider subscribing on YouTube, thumb the video up, ring the bell, leave a comment, and if you're listening to one of the many podcast platforms, please consider us giving a review, and if you want to support us, please check out our Patreon. Thank you everyone, and now on to the show, Here we go. and welcome back. This is the Orcocast, where I talk with indie game developers about their games and gaming in general. I'm the Orcosaurus, your host. And with me today is Dammit Bird, who works on a very spicy game. Dammit Bird. Hi. Hey, hey, everyone. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: I'm an indie game developer. I work on uh, adult games. Um, I'm currently balls deep in my game called Heavy Hearts, which is a pixel art lewd RPG, uh, ARPG, inspired by the SNES age of games like Final Fantasy, Metroid, and uh, other not turn-based RPGs, action RPGs, Metroidvanias, and you know what? It's very hard to classify this game as there's many different styles within it, but the point is it's a lewd game, so if you enjoy a good fap while you're gaming out, hey, I'm the game dev for you. Uh, um, first question.
0: I obviously, I played your game for YouTube. One thing that would interest me is I seen you talk about that Heavy Hearts was heavily <laughs> inspired by um, heavy metal.
1: Uh, that's correct. Um, for those of you not familiar, heavy metal is a very long running um and they've also spawned a few uh, a video game and two movies. Essentially, Heavy Metal isn't, you know, the franchise talks about things like, I guess I can c- kind of compare it to like Final Fantasy where every single um, story is disconjointed from the other ones. They, there's um, you know every single article uh, magazine has a different actually several different stories in it from several different platforms some of them are high fantasy some of them are science fiction. Others are like dark and noir, kind of like, I don't know, dark and noir. Uh, Point is, is that they are very adult themed. Um, You are essentially, you know, back in the days where people used to go to the comic book store to to read their comics, you were essentially going into the adult section of of that store to pick up a copy of Heavy Metal. It's still in print now. And the themes are, of course, you know, I, I choose a very curated soundtrack of things that are, you know, heavy and kind of represent the themes that have went along with that um, periodical. You kind of have to be um, older to really, really remember that franchise, but um, I it,
0: remember it... I remember it. I remember the two movies. The two movies and the video game Heavy Metal Fact 2. That, that's the one I am familiar with. I saw the comics in our actually funny funny fact when you wanted to have really exotic comics here in where i live you went to the like to the main station where the trains departed like it was Mm -hmm. huge and big and there was like this huge bookstore and they had like these huge selections of everything and there were also heavy metal magazines in there and i was always browsing them so you didn't even have to go into the adult section Yeah, that's the great mm. stuff about it um i was just going through them and right. i was always afraid to buy one because there were naked people and i was way too young yeah
1: for when i looked at it but it's it's kind of funny lots right? of boobs and sex everywhere yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Um, yeah, um, it, it's kind of surprising, like, um, you know, especially since the cover art always has some sort of scantily clad uh, babe on it. But still, since it says heavy metal on uh, on the cover, it, you're a little bit more discreet than most, I would say. Yes,
0: definitely. But apart from like this, could I say it's an overarching inspiration for your entire game? Um, which games? were you inspired by? Where do you draw your influence for Heavy Heart?
1: Okay, so, (laughs) this is actually an interesting um, story. Uh, So, as I mentioned, like, you know, the old-school Super Nintendo age of Final Fantasy is is the very broad strokes of inspiration. Um, However, (laughs) as I was tinkering around with, um, you know, with my little indie game development engines um heavy hearts actually started when i was experimenting with a little battle system where it was just one character versus you know just one-on-one fights with you know a panning camera moving on to the next one and i got the inspiration from a mobile game actually um i know a lot of people are going to like facepalm right now so Brave Exvius is a is a mobile gotcha game, you know, one of those money pits where a grown man can easily lose $500 to $1,000 just trying to get new characters on it. It just had a really cool battle system and I kind of wanted to make my own version of that. Um, again, tinkering around with it, I ended up with the current battle system in Heavy Hearts and um, you know, I went on from there. And even funnier is that uh, it actually started out as a regular action RPG where you know there would be there, where there would be battles, there'd be a, a crazy story, but no lewdness. And and I was just kind of sitting there one day on Discord, thinking about the future, thinking about like you know the indie game scene is absolutely huge. You know what can I do to get people to play it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I figured I would add porn. I mean, that's one way to do it. Hence the birth of the adult ARPG, Heavy Hearts.
0: So you you could say that the decision to add like these adult elements into it were more a spur of a moment decision.
1: Yes and no. Um, you know I, I sat and pondered on it for a good uh, couple days, and a lot of my friends on um in the game dev community are adult game dev you know, makers, uh, you know, we have our own little group where we just kind of like share advice with people and, you know, how to's and, you know, eh, marketing advice here and there. And again, a lot of my friends found success in the, um, you know, hentai department. So I guess you could kind of say like, you know, the fact that, you know, I just kind of know and talk to a lot of people in that industry just kind of helped that decision along. And on top of that, most of the games I play are, you know, adult games. So Okay. Uh, so yeah, you know, I wanted to be part of that group.
0: That is that is a very good decision. I mean on on one hand, obviously it kind of limits your audience in a way as well, but there is also I feel like as somebody who who, who loves his uh, adult games, I think there is always the, a lot of them just forget about the game part, you know? And, um,
1: Yeah? Uh, so, y- yes and no, um, there are a lot of people, a lot of players in the, um, you know, that frequent adult games that, you know, they, they skip all the gameplay, they skip all the story, they don't give a crap about anything, and then, you know, they just get to the lewd scenes and then, you know, hey, if they like it, they like it, if they don't, they don't. And that's fine. Um, the point is, is that people play it and people support it if they think that the game is good and if it's their type of game. As far as limiting the audience, you know, I'm not too sure. I, I, I look at my analytics here. Let me see here. Pulling it up on uh, itch.io. So during th- during some of my best months um, on itch.io and I, I was averaging between, let's see here between 2000 and 4,000 views a day with between 500 and a thousand downloads a day. so pretty pretty good pretty large uh, audience to, to be viewing that. yeah,
0: it's actually not bad. so I, I I think that that sounds good. I I'm just saying like it's I, I think it's but it's also in a way obviously still limiting because there is a faction of people who will not touch your game simply because it contains these things and uh, yeah but I they are obviously also not the target audience then,
1: but. Yeah, and that's that's fine for them, honestly. You know, there's there's some monetization issues where, you know, like Patreon and, um, well, yeah, pretty much there's Patreon that I can think of right now that has a problem with certain types of uh, kinks and fetishes, um, you know, PayPal as well. But, you know, for publishers and, and other storefronts that just kind of don't want to sell an NSFW game, well, I mean, yeah, that's their problem. As a developer, you kind of just be like, okay, well there, you know, how can I get this in front of people? How can I, you know, gain support? There's ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's obviously
0: true. I mean, I I run a Patreon myself. Uh, I have to be careful when what I upload and which videos I upload there. I have to also select carefully which games I present to the audience because I present the uncensored version of certain games. But yeah, I, I know about the issues that patreon causes for creators of the loot side of things. So but yeah, let's let's go let's go a step further. If you design your game, do you have, did you sit down and make like a huge design Bible that you consulted every step that you take? Or is it more like off the cuff and more like, okay. I think this would fit the game. Let's put it in.
1: (laughs) I'm actually glad you asked that because it's definitely the latter. I'm totally shooting from the hip. (laughs) Uh, A a lot of game devs would, you know, kind of criticize you and kind of not take you seriously if you don't have a roadmap or... You know ultimate bible planned out for every step of your game along the way and no i'm totally i have an idea of what the game is going to look like you know up to a certain point point. and everything else i'm like oh yeah this is cool i'm gonna throw that in there oh this is cool i'm gonna throw that in there oh my the uh my supporters and, and and some of the people that play the game they think i should add this yeah i think that's a good idea let's go with that and um the game is really forming up around spontaneous. Ideas That and also, uh, you know, I commission art along the way as I go as well. Uh, my artist, he says, hey, you have all this planned out, right? I'm like, eh, willy nilly. <laughs> you just go
0: basically off the cuff, which is fine. Off I mean, a it, yeah. it, it, it's a way to do things. So um, when you when you look at your way of designing the game, did you try to implement something that didn't work out hmm. did you have to cut a feature because you said "Ah, no, that that's not that's not bueno
1: yes and no if i had to cut a feature i always found a way to kind of um put it back in but there has been uh, some things in so so lewd games are very visual right people want to see the goods they want to get to the goods and and you know they want to experience that which is which is respectable and over my time i think if there's anything i had to cut it would be things like scenes or you know loot events or something like that because it either didn't fit the quality or didn't fit the um art style that i was going for you know and and i'll talk about this more later on i bet you know sometimes you you try to work with people on you know developing something like what am i trying to say you find an artist say hey i want a scene that looks like this and then they give you the product and you're like uh you know i I don't think that's gonna fit you know that or they they do a couple scenes for you and then they just kind of like disappear and now you got to start from scratch all over again with a new art style and none of the art styles kind of mix together so with that being said i would say there are some lewd scenes that have not and probably will not make it in the game. Which I know is going to disappoint a lot of people, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, maybe I can throw that on, you know, in like, you know, some secret art gallery or something like that, but for now, no, that stuff is cut.
0: I, I just wanted to say, just throw it up on Patreon for your patrons.
1: Yeah. I mean Yeah, it's a good idea.
0: You have that thing anyway, so, and more content is always good. Like, nobody will, will, like, blame you for uploading these pictures you commissioned,
1: so. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, I still have. Yeah, they'll probably see the light of day. You got a point there.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I always say. Just give it to your audience. Well, what's a, what's the hurt, so.
1: No, no hurt, I guess.
0: Uh, let's go back to your game. When you look at yourself, I know you, you work with an artist. How big or how small is the core team of your game?
1: The core team? Yeah. Well, two? <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, myself and um, my main artist. Uh, his name is, or uh, well, is his handle is Cheka. Um, he's got his own page. Um, you know, you could you could follow his uh, Patreon and his uh, Twitter. Um, it's just Cheka underscore Art. A very cool guy. Extremely high quality uh, res- uh, products. It's essentially him and I are the main, you know, the main core team. I do have some other people that I work with. Um, on a small scale for things like pixel art and things like other assets that, you know, are absolutely necessary for the game. Um, But as far as, you know, when the credits roll, you know, it's just pretty much just myself and Sheka.
0: That sounds not bad. So basically you're a one man show. What? You could say that. No, you didn't say that. It's a two man show. I apologize. I was...
1: No, 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 you you could say that. It's fine.
0: So you do all the programming and the other stuff basically doing the socials and let's just say very very um Cautiously, the heavy lifting. Uh, What I, I know you, you you use the Pixel Maker engine, if you want to even call that an engine. Why exactly the Pixel Maker? Is there a- uh,
1: so that's actually a great great question, and it kind of gives me an opportunity to give props to the engine I'm using. Um, it's it's actually kind of not too well known. So Pixel Game Maker MV. Uh, it's actually made by the same company that makes RPG Maker. The difference here is that all of the logic is visual. You're essentially doing coding with, with mouse clicks, so to speak, um, which isn't anything new. Unity has something like that. Unreal Engine has something like that. You know, any lots of different uh, engines have visual scripting. However, PGM is unique in the fact that, you know, it has extremely easy good ease of use meaning you can make a system any type of system that you want with very little time wasted on you know experimentation uh that and also like rpg maker as much as i as as i love it it's very proprietary like hey here is your mold This is what your game is going to look like. This is what your game is going to feel like. Menus, already done it for you. Inventory, already done it for you. But it's all going to look and feel the same. Pixel Game Maker is more like, you got to build everything yourself. But it's not that hard. You know, I kind of wish more people were using it because the community is very small. Hey, and it also exports to Switch, too. However, I will add, I probably will not be exporting to Switch with this game.
0: Uh, No, (laughs) I I think Nintendo might... Not want your game on that
1: platform, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I will never return my calls.
0: And with with all the systems and the stuff you're using, uh, what is how how long do you think you're still taking until your game is done?
1: A great great question. I would like to have the core experience of the game completed um, this year, yes. and maybe expand beyond that you know end game content with uh you know some other little scenarios you know as as needed a year sounds about good give or take what's really driving me to finish is actually um is actually probably the art if there's anything that's kind of like slowing it down you can't rush good art you have to give people time to uh to make things look really good and uh you know, if I could power through this game, I could probably be done in a few months. But, uh, you know, there's there, there's some factors in there that, like, hey, waiting on other people, you know?
0: Two question one, how long did it take you to basically get started on the project? So I think there was some, like, engine learning and stuff like that involved before you really got started on Heavy Hearts. And how long have you been working on would- Heavy Hearts?
1: Okay, so... Um, Game Dev was a COVID project for me. I was, you know, you you remember back in March 2020, everybody went home and going back to work was, uh, was very slow. So while I was home in quarantine and while, uh, you know, we were all trying to figure out what was the next big thing for the world. You know, I decided to kind of take my newfound free time and turn it productive. Uh, I wasn't just going to sit here and watch shows and just kind of like mill around waiting for someone to tell me I can go outside I decided to just start learning stuff so I started small I started with I actually was looking for uh, looking into several different game engines before I just kind of fell into PGM you know it just kind of felt right. And I, and I would say I, I made a couple projects on that engine before I eventually made Heavy Hearts. You know, one, one thing I'll always say is if you start with an engine, your first two or three projects are always gonna be, probably most likely gonna be canned before you start something serious.
0: Yeah, that is, that is very true.
1: So my first uh, project was actually an attempt to make a Souls-like game which actually looked kind of cool for a while. But since I was just starting out, a lot of the coding was very inefficient and very uh, amateur. Then went into remaking my very first lewd game, uh, which that's an entirely other subject. That game is called Hearts and Minds, by the way. And uh, eventually I hit a stopping point with that. And I said, you know, I want to start experimenting with other stuff, other cool little uh, mechanics. Like I was telling you how Heavy Hearts actually was conceptualized boom here we are now
0: that sounds that sounds good and how long have you been working on heavy hearts
1: so as of this month about a year about a year about a year yeah
0: are you if you if you look back and what you have achieved, I know that question is kind of mean but are you satisfied with your progress
1: yeah I would say so because heavy hearts is has has grown a lot you know from the initial uh demo I put out six months ago where I, I you know I received a lot of criticism um you know uh, lots of crowds were like yeah sure I'll play your game um okay yeah cool I really didn't like your game um and this is why it, which is very discouraging and I think that everybody who endeavors to make a video game is going to run into that at some point but you don't stop you just you take the feedback you refine your game uh you you implement quality of life uh, quality of life changes into your engine that accommodate for some of the chief complaints and essentially you know over time your game will become much more well received you and and I think that's important to being a game dev is to be willing to to grow slowly to refine over time and accept criticism.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a, that sounds like a reasonable thing. So what was the what was most criticized about initially of Heavy Hearts?
1: So there there were some there were some glaring bugs um, up front where um, you know the player would get stuck. Um, it wouldn't be able to move. There were some things where, you know, some people are like, Wow, I I really don't like how this performs on my computer or like I, I really I, I really don't like the battle system. I think it's a waste of time. Just showing, you know, just have to ex- I'm sorry, you have to excuse me. I'm trying to find, uh, dig through my thoughts here. Take your time. One of the biggest hits I took was like, oh, there's no content, there's no content, which is another hard thing for a lewd game developer to deal with is, you know, people want to play your game, sure, but they also want to see the titties too. And if you don't have that yet, you know, a lot of the people are going to be like, "What is this? This is an adult game with no adult content." I'm like, "Okay, whatever." So you try to push forward, adding more content for people to, uh, you know, for people to enjoy, and and that was hard. But of course, you're going to get over that as long as you continue to persevere and 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 develop. It, it, it's hard because you want to be like, "Okay, screw this, whatever. I'm just going to can my game," but not this time. There's so many people out there that don't finish their games, and I wanted to make sure that I that I finished this one.
0: That's a very good mindset. So i mean obviously what you described to me is something i would probably see as the normal growing pains of being a game developer and maybe i'm i'm too realistic about it i don't know or too unrealistic but like you have obviously you have bugs and you have to correct them and obviously people will say if you design a combat system yourself because as you said pixel maker you have to do it yourself you have to design the combat yourself they obviously i mean it's in in then going back to the drawing board and improving it would be for me personally part and parcel of it was it like did you take the feedback initially really hard or were you like yeah okay that's reasonable i'll just put my hat down and get to
1: work. Yeah, so I, I took all the negative feedback with a grain of salt. I did make notes, though, for things that were legitimate, you know, legitimate complaints and good feedback besides just like, oh, wow, you don't have this or, you know, you know things that were unrealistic. Um, I took that in stride. And and you're right. A lot of that is normal game development, you know, criticism that people have to, has to get over. However, a lot of small game dev teams, you know, like the one or two man teams, like 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 myself for example, that uses a relatively easy engine. In the game dev community, there there's this kind of I don't know if it's a joke or if it's a if it's a teaching point or whatever. But the biggest hurdle is actually finishing your game. You know, I'm going to go back in time for a second and uh, and tell you about my first game. I uh, attempted to make a game called Hearts and Minds, which was based in Renpy um it was a visual novel kind of kind of chasing that step fantasy you know the 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 big milfy stepmom and the, and the you know the young boy living together in the house you 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 get it yeah and I ran into development hell so hard with that. <laughs> and um you know, I, I ended up, you know, one of the millions of people that started a game and, and didn't finish it. But the lesson there was was to take more and and bring it in house, which is why, you know, I'm doing a lot of the heavy lifting here with programming, you know, solo.
0: So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. It is not probably not a joke to finish your game because there's also another similar joke in another industry that is not unlike the gaming industry and that's the book industry because finishing a book is probably the same i know so many people because i i was for a long time somebody who aspired to be an author i'm not anymore i know so many people that started their books and never finished them
1: I, I, I feel that too yeah um
0: like starting a game or starting a book is always easy but it's so incredible hard to finish it. That's why everyone who finishes that game gets kudos from me, except mm-hmm. if you, like, make the worst shit possible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about, like, writing your own book, right? Yeah, Not, exactly. not actually, like, reading a book. Okay. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, you know what?
0: I'm writing,
1: yeah. I, sh- I actually share a... Uh, I-, I-, I share a little disappointment with you, too, because <laughs> there was a time I actually started to write a book myself. Uh, I was a big... Um, <laughs> I was a big reader of uh, Terry Goodkind, who who wrote the Sword of Truth series. Um, every single book was five to eight hundred pages, and over the course of like six months, I read every single book he has, which was like nine or ten books. I couldn't believe it, but uh, I got so inspired by that guy to write my own book, I wrote a chapter. <laughs> and and then the rest never saw the light of day yeah I think back at that and smile sometimes
0: yeah it's it's something that happens quite often also in, in like the the book industry um, I think the gaming and the book industry do have actually a lot in common um, mm-hmm. with if you look at how stuff is processed how books and games are published these days, all that self-publishing you have and stuff like that. there's sure. a lot lot they have a lot in common
1: but yeah and and you're you're conveying a story through through just different mediums. Um, yeah exactly. you know you could you could read a novel on paperback or you can read a visual novel on your on your computer screen with with some busts and with some images uh, to go along with it. you know it, people like to read. <laughs> they really
0: do. Exactly. So, um, if you could tell an aspiring game dev, or give give an aspiring game dev, like a young aspiring game dev who who's, who sets out into the world right now to tear shit down, to shred everything, what would that advice be?
1: Oh man. Well, I, I can I can tell you what I would tell my you know my younger self. When I first set out, because I ran into a lot of issues and I ran into a lot of things that I kind of wish I knew. It's not easy. Even if you get the easiest engine to work with, there's still a learning curve. You have to take the time to, you know, sit down and humble yourself and just watch all the tutorials that you possibly can to get a professional grasp on that engine and even then you're gonna have to start you're gonna have to waste some time with some projects that are never gonna see the light of day before you are confident enough to make some projects that are there for the real world but if you're you know if there's one thing that i think is the biggest part if you're making a video game and you are trying to make it visually stunning, you're trying to make it something that's going to pop out at people, meaning you probably don't want to use the default assets that come with the game, you know, like sprites, you know, default pixel art, etc. One of the hardest things that you're going to run into is to find a reliable artist. So I highly recommend you, uh, you you open your wallet just a little bit wider than you originally intended to and find a studio that is going to help you out. It will pay dividends in the long run and people will appreciate your game a lot more.
0: So, funny thing, I've asked a very, very experienced developer the same question and he essentially said uh, if you work with people, just find people who get shit done.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, so I have, I, I look through my Discord sometimes, my old chat messages, and I just see all like, all kinds of people that, I, that I've that i had short conversations with or or I've done business dealings and they never quite worked out. What I would do is I would go out there, I would, I would put out ads for people that are willing to work on a adult game, do some art, do some pixel art. And, oh man, so many times I'll get a couple commissions and then they just kind of disappear or they lose motivation or I say, hey, when do you think this will be done? They say, and they give me a date, they say, I'll have it done for you in uh, two weeks, you know, or whatever. And then it never gets done. (laughs) So, getting, finding someone that'll get shit done is the, uh, an oversimplification of things, yes, but it is absolutely, it absolutely applies to this situation. Um, There's a lot of people out there that will not get things done. Um, And I'm very fortunate to have finally found um, an artist that, can get shit done and also get shit done uh, good too. So you're absolutely right there.
0: I'm gonna give you now a few minutes free reigns of the podcast and you can tell our listeners everything you want to tell them about your game. And then we segue into the second topic. So let's go.
1: All right, so um, Heavy Hearts is currently in development. I'm on version 3.1 right now, which uh, has several levels in it Um, and, uh, and a decent amount of story. Currently, there is plenty of lewd scenes that involve tentacles that involve orcs, and I'm currently working on the next one that will involve. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit into furry content here. Uh, we're, there's gonna be a werewolf character, and uh, I believe my patreons have uh, voted on a minotaur character coming up uh, in the. Distant, not so distant future, Um, but essentially uh, the game is coming to a head and hopefully will be done very soon. The soundtrack is done by David KBD. The art uh, is done by Cheka and everything else to include most of the pixel art is done by various artists. Way too many to actually list right now. Um, It is done with Pixel Game Maker MV, which is made by the same company that makes RPG Maker. And uh, there's about an hour, hour and a half worth of content in uh, the current build. I'm excited to uh, bring out the next version, which should be launching uh, pretty soon, which is going to have some additional content. And uh, um, I'm 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 pretty cer- certain it's going to blow your socks off. I'm very excited for the world to see the next version. It's pretty hot. Shouldn't it blow our dicks out? Well, it's, it, it's going to blow something out, definitely, for sure. Like, I'm... <laughs> I'm I'm looking at some of the uh, in progress art right now and I'm just like oh man I can't wait to implement that I can't wait to put that in the engine and and publish it for people to see because uh you know it, it's it's the content that makes the game and this one far exceeds anything that anyone has uh, seen currently in the build nice
0: I'm looking forward to it and I will obviously
1: I'll, I'll i'll make sure to share some of the spoiler content with you after this podcast
0: Ooh, i can't wait if you would do me a favor and just tell me what you think about the current state of the video game industry as a whole
1: uh the current state of the okay completely not just the adult video game industry like everything altogether
0: everything all together
1: and you really got my you really got my gears turning here I think the current state of the video game industry is amazing you know uh, having grown up with you know the 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 NES and Super Mario I not even though no, not Super Mario just Mario brothers um, you know and duck hunt to seeing the kind of games that are available to us today it's absolutely amazing. Um, I do think that there's a that there's a little innovation issue where um, you know there a lot of the new AAA games today are, kind of just following a template, you know, they're all starting to kind of feel the same and, you know, uh, I'm starting to kind of get gamer fatigue because of it. But but you don't need to you don't need to just kind of consume AAA games all the time. That's where the indie game dev market really shines. There's so much innovation, so much new uh content to see out there that's made by, you know, just regular people instead of these giant uh, you know, Thousand man team, um, you know, excuse me. I just lost my train of thought, orc. Sorry. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: All right. So, um, let me start over. There's a lot of great content and innovation by small studios just kind of creating something new and exciting in their small little offices and their small teams that are just blowing the larger studios out of the water. Um, like I said, with the AAA game games I'm seeing today, it, it feels like they are following a template. Don't get me started on open world games, um, where mm-hmm. you know you you run around. Hey, I need you to collect 50 of this, 50 of these flowers or feathers, you know, and and at the end of collecting that, you get a scene or a trophy. Oh, and uh, by the way, I need you to climb to the top of these 20 uh, mountaintops or towers, you know, (laughs) or whatever. Um, And, oh, by the way, there's these, there's this network of caves that if you, if you plunder those caves, you'll get really good items and they all kind of connect to each other, you know? It, it It is getting very tiresome uh, to kind of just see the same mechanics playing out over and over. But again, you know, I, I, I find myself still playing them. I'm currently playing uh, Horizon Forbidden West, which is which is kind of guilty of those things that I'm talking about. But, you know, I enjoy the thematics of, you know, a dystopian future with with robot dinosaurs. I've already experienced everything that there is to experience in Elden Ring, which was awesome. Um, I'm a big From Software fan, and I think the the really exciting stuff I'm seeing is from Square Enix, where they, you know, they're remaking Final Fantasy VII, which is incredible. You know, they've got smaller franchises like uh, Near Automata. You know, what, what else are they coming out with? Uh, they're about to put out Final Fantasy 16.
0: They they also put out
1: what is it babylon's fall
0: yeah it's it's one of the worst received games this year oh man
1: (laughs) no (laughs) yeah they're talking talking
0: about square enix just to to have a little um segue here they actually i i I know what you're saying they have been doing good stuff but lately like let's say the last six to twelve months around they just been doing really bad stuff too like they really went heavy into that life service stuff with Avengers which just barely flopped uh, mm-hmm. you you have Babylon's Fall which actually was made by Platinum Games but it's like one of the worst received life service games of uh-huh. all time it has like a 41 on Metacritic
1: yeah they've they've taken a lot of L's over okay. the past couple of years and no no it's, it's
0: just over the last couple of months and they also made like this Chocobo racing for the Nintendo Switch, which also is like a money sink. Like it's almost like a mobile game.
1: Yeah, Chocobo GP, right? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's so bad, and I feel like that Square Enix, at least with what they did there, not an L, but they they embody like the worst stuff that the gaming industry has to offer
1: mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I can't argue with there, man. Uh, I mean, so I'm a fanboy, so I gush, but no, I totally acknowledge that they, they announced a little while ago that they were gonna probably get into NFTs, and I was like, no, come on, don't do that to me, freaking NFTs. But well, let's not get into that t- topic.
0: Let's just go back. So let me let me take you back, like in in the actual sense. So sure. imagine you're back in the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, and okay. it's uh, really really hot summer day it's like Friday afternoon Schoolwork's finished and it's so hot no one of your friends wants to go outside and you won't go outside your mom has mm-hmm. has, has given you some allowance money you went to Blockbuster you got yourself a bag of chips and you got yourself a really nice ice cold bottle of cola and you have a glass with ice cubes and everything you want and then you pick your video game which video game do you rent for a hot summer afternoon?
1: Star Fox 64
0: Isn't that a little late? No,
1: no, because...
0: Uh, uh, um, um, so, um, because when I say, like, late 80s, early 90s, I think from like...
1: Oh goodness, okay, no, let, 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 let's go back here, I screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was listening to you. I, I totally missed the late '80s part. So the late '80s for me, I was like, I was like four or five. I was born in '85, so um, I, I really don't have any stories for you there. That's why I'm like, but also, you know, in the, in the, yeah, in the okay. Nintendo 64 era.
0: <laughs> you also have the early '90s, so you might also have the Super Nintendo not just
1: that. Oh uh, yeah, but like, let me think here. Did I Man, you're you're making me go real back. I really got to dig into my memories right now. Huh? <laughs> a... uh, you know what? Yeah. Okay. I do have a have a game that I used to rent from uh from uh Blockbuster. Okay. I used to rent Super Metroid. I used to rent uh let's see here, some old Sonic uh games and oh, okay here's here's a sleeper hit for you there was an old sega genesis game that uh my parents would never buy me because it was absolutely disgusting uh but i would always kind of sneak it when we would go to the video store get it it was called booger man oh i know that and yeah a dude running around with a, a spandex and a cape flicking boogers at people it was absolutely wild and little, uh, little 7, year old me just thought that was absolutely hilarious. That was definitely something that I uh, rented out more than a couple times.
0: Nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, that is your choice for Hot Summer Afternoon. That's, he, that sounds good.
1: <laughs> I mean, he, again, maturity level at its absolute lowest. Um, yes. Uh, I would definitely say that game was made for me.
0: Perfect. I love it. When we uh, look at the adult game industry, How's the how's the state there? Do you think that adult games should get more recognition, or do you think they should like stay more in the niche and just be like, yeah, it's okay. Um, well, we, we um, can stay in the shadows.
1: Well, I I do think that the game industry is kind of evolving right there. I mean, if you remember ten, fifteen years, there was there was a genre of game called you know extremely violent. You know video games it was an entire subcategory and it was kind of uh it was kind of controversial at the time and you know it was all over the news violent video games this violent video games that this was back when like house of the dead was in arcades and you know all the kids were going wild over that and that was very taboo and adult games are you know they're they are a taboo as well but i am i am starting to see a, a little bit of light shining through that's You know kind of opening up like hey you know adult themed games with like you know some kinds of explicit content are slowly being a little bit more accepted than they than they used to be there was a time when steam didn't allow adult games and 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 now they do there was a time where console games didn't allow any nudity and now they do to a degree like you've got games that show you know high definition tits you know all over the place eg Cyberpunk you know or 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 The Witcher and and I think that's going to evolve I don't think it's going to get you know too explicit or or too Fetish, but it's it, it's definitely getting better for the adult game industry. Um, I don't know what the future looks like, but the avenues are there. The infrastructure is there to start accepting them. There is also some really cool games coming out there that absolutely break the ceiling on. You know what adult video games have looked like over the past couple of years as well
0: definitely i will agree with you there uh because the the games are more actual games so yeah,
1: yeah so that, yeah like, and, like
0: I, i'm used to playing i'm sorry go ahead and and that's something like I said, I've already, I've always been missing.
1: Yeah, I remember when like porn games were like adult Sudoku or adult um, Tetris or Match Three. Um, which don't get me wrong, I've, 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 I've played one or two of those and actually liked it. Like uh, Honey Pot was a was a, a matching game, and I thought that was you know pretty fun. But nowadays, you have games, you know, you have those extremely high profile visual novels like. Uh, like Extra Life or Summertime Saga, and then you have you know high definition or 4K definition fully rendered uh, Unreal Engine games like uh, Fallen Doll or Wildlife that are that just absolutely crush everything else around them. Like they, those games are doing really good, and it proves that there's a market out there for it. Some of them are you know they, they're a little bit they're a little bit fetish, but hey that's okay you know you you shouldn't kink shame people right
0: i mean obviously not uh i would never do that Uh other people will do but people will do as people will do because that's that's just the nature of it i don't kink shame people i mean it's not a kink or anything that i have but i personally just like to challenge myself with uh stuff that i would never recommend to anyone yet i Yet here I'm sitting uh, and talked to someone. I recommended that at Aegis to, So, here we go.
1: Oh yeah, Dead Agus was uh, was definitely definitely wild. I remember when you showed me that. I I was I was pretty intrigued. It's actually, <laughs> but it does have a wild story.
0: What, what is the scariest gaming experience you ever had?
1: The scariest gaming experience I ever had was PT on the PlayStation Four. I know that there is like some 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 more smaller indie games that a lot of people would argue with me are scarier but like um I played that with you know at night with on the big screen with uh you know with the with the with the sound system on you know the 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 true ultimate experience and I about pooped my pants on more than a couple occasions I had uh you know I had my wife next to me we were both uh, kind of in the game together and uh it was very difficult to continue with uh pt w- very sad that that game's never gonna see the light of day
0: well it happened konami What's <laughs> i was day?
1: terrified <laughs>
0: <laughs> i i really that really happened i i believe you i i'm just saying konami happened and konami is stupid but that's another
1: uh yeah story for damn you konami game. yeah so, uh, so sad
0: what is your uh, personal favorite game of all time?
1: So I thought about this before we uh, got started and uh, I don't have a simple answer for you, but I have kind of a, a long, convoluted answer um, because I have many favorite games of all time. Is that all right?
0: Yeah, that's all right. We are here for long, come with a little bit answers.
1: All right, great. So uh, I, I have a couple favorite games of all time, and and they all kind of fall into um, different categories here. They the, the one thing that they all have in common are kind of how they influenced me growing up, and how they influenced me emotionally, and just kind of how I hang on to them to this day. Uh, I would say the the first. My, my, my first favorite game of all time would probably be Chrono Trigger on the Super Nintendo. The way that that game was presented and and the, the theme of time travel really stuck with me at a, at a critical point in my age, uh, at a critical critical point in me growing up. As I mentioned earlier, I'm definitely a Final Fantasy VII stan. I'm a big fan of the remake, and the original uh, was a very big influence to me as well you know but that's that's way back in the time machine a little bit more recent i would definitely say my other favorite games of all time would be the mass effect franchise with an exception of andromeda you know that one kind of took a hard fall but you know mass effect one through three where it was very stunning absolutely amazing as far as storytelling goes and gameplay you know i'm a super huge fan of that franchise but if there's one out that stands out that isn't a AAA game that i think that everyone should kind of know about and everyone should play and i don't think this one's ever going to change would be hellblade uh senua's sacrifice if you ever get a copy of that game throw some headphones on you can finish that game in one sitting that is one hell of an immersive experience and um you know everywhere i go i try to get more people to play that game not a lot of people have but you know in real life i uh, you know um, i'm always preaching to other people hey you got to play this you got to play this you got to wear headphones when you do it by the way yeah hellblade is definitely the current favorite game of all time as far as uh, as far as that goes Yep,
0: okay. sounds like good choices to
1: me so well you know video games are a big part of my life um i i played them very young and you know here i am in my mid late 30s i'm still playing them and uh
0: I yeah you that. know hopefully yeah <laughs> i totally yeah. feel that i'm i'm here almost 38 years old and no none the wiser i almost
1: play games for 32 years now that is awesome i keep on seeing those jokes about people like you know you're raising your kids and they want to play a game and our parents is like you can't play that game it's too violent and nowadays it's you can't play that game because that game sucks yeah, that, <laughs> and i feel uh, that i feel that
0: uh, that would be me no you can't play fortnite Oh my friends play fortnite no you can't because no
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes fortnite is a big no for me like uh <laughs> fortnite and roblox not gonna happen so which game did actually spur
0: you on to go into game development?
1: Ooh. So the game that spurred me into game development.
0: Yeah. Mm. Like you have played it and you said, I want to make one of those.
1: Mm. I would say a mix between, I would say a mix between Final Fantasy Brave XVS, which is a mobile game, mobile gotcha game, which is the worst type of game on the freaking planet yet. My dumbass played it for like two years, right? It was the the pixel art and the and the systems and the and the way that it was presented. I said that can't be too hard to do. I would love to make something like that you know and which is where most of my games came from um, uh, at least the ones that you know people have seen. the one that kind of like the one that kind of pushed the uh, pushed the rock over the edge and said, okay, I'm actually going to open my wallet and start doing this would probably have been uh, Summertime Saga back in uh, 2017 when, uh, you know, that thing, or was it was a 2018, I don't remember, when, you know, that thing gained all the traction in the world and it was still in development. It was version like 0.2, you know, the, the, the first adult game that I played on early access. And I'm like, this is really interesting that you can develop a game and let people play it mid-development. You don't have to like, You have to spend six years on it um, to fully complete it. You can let people play it now, and people want to play it now. And I think that's really cool. And once I learned that, I said, okay, let me see what this looks like. And I cautiously moved forward, and a couple years later, here I am.
0: Perfect. Okay. So now I'm coming to my two last questions. I so picture the following you are the representative of video games and you're invited to the united nations to speak on behalf of video games what would you tell the united nations
1: to speak on behalf of video games i would say that video games are you know it's probably phrased wrong i say hey world uh, games Stumbling over my words here. I know what I want to say, but it's like not coming out right. I would say, okay, you know, take a look at what we're creating, right? What many people see as entertainment, I see as a medium for various applications, entertainment being what it started at, right? Like my game, which is adult entertainment. But now with Unreal Engine and things like Metahuman we can now like create you know virtual spaces we can now create uncanny image you know versions of people we can you know which can go beyond entertainment we can use it as tools for learning we can use it as like a friend of mine once created a, uh, a, a essentially a video game but it it was used as a teaching tool in 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 his class where we were essentially playing this game learning how to, you know, build a house or flip a house, right? They have that game out there called House Flipper. Like, are you kidding me? Or or business manager. The all of these things teach you about like I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm stumbling. Okay. okay. You know, there's games out there that teach you how to manage an economy. There's games out there that that teach you how to like make good moral choices. There's games that you know, to a degree, you know, put you in a stressful situation and 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 make you have to choose between right and wrong, and then deal with those consequences. Uh, there's games that teach you how to do things in real life that you know, maybe you don't have the capital or, or the, you know, the ability to do, you know, in person. It's a fantastic visual media that, you know, is just currently only seen as like, oh yeah, video games. No, like there's so much more to it. If only we could, you know, use it as an application for that. Uh, a friend of mine is in, uh, works in crime scene and You know, when people try to give him descriptions of, you know, perpetrators, you know, gone are the days where we get like that crappy police sketch on like with like pencil and paper looks nothing like the guy. Now they're actually creating them in 3D and they're like, yeah, no, that looks exactly like the guy. And and they use that now. It's absolutely wild. And this is all done because of the gaming industry. Frankly, I think the gaming industry needs more respect.
0: I salute you, but sir. I can get behind that.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry that came out in like as a a mess of
0: words. (laughs) It's it's all right. It's all right. Mm. We'll clean that up in post. All right. So
1: one last
0: thing. And this is this is the tricky question. Maybe I'm going to give you one question that you can ask me.
1: Okay. let's see here. One question that I can ask you. So, right, if let's see here if you were an orc in any one of the famous battles of Lord of the Rings how do you think your cybernetic arm would turn the tides of that battle
0: pretty easy I would just like shoot out my hand
1: uh-huh. climb
0: the walls of Helms deep punch Legolas in the face and then I would just <laughs> let my orc brother
1: in it. and just completely shorten the shorten the story by several hours. Just because you just immediately crushed that, uh, crushed that battle all by yourself.
0: Yeah, exactly, that's what would happen.
1: I say that for the- I say that because I- I I think your avatar is pretty freaking cool with the, uh, you know, with the- with the arm and the- and the cup of coffee. Yeah, it's pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, I'm very proud of that one, how that turned out. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, and that's it. Do you want to tell our listeners where we can find you? Where we can take part in the lewdness of Heavy Hearts?
1: Right, well, uh, for those of you that want to know more about Heavy Hearts, um, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, which is Gale Wind G- GalewindG G-A-L-E-W-I-N-D-G uh, which is for my, I, I guess you would call my de facto publishing label, Galewind Games. Uh, I'm also at dammitbird.itch.io. My game is also available for wishlist on Steam, if you just type in heavy hearts and you are above the age of 18.
0: Perfect. Okay. And this has been The Orca Cast with Dammit Bird as a guest. Thank you for coming in. I had a lovely time. I hope when Heavy Hearts uh, comes out or is out, we can redo this little talk and talk a little bit more about your experiences as a game dev. Until then, I'm the Ocosaurus, and I wish
1: everyone a farewell and say bye bye. It's been a pleasure, guys. Take care.